0: Hello, Radio Family. This is Dr. Derek Greer. Due to the COVID crisis, our already crazy schedules have shot through the roof. But in particular, please pray for pastors and church staffs as we navigate through this incredibly difficult season. You know, our government has pledged to graciously support many businesses in this crisis, but churches are are largely on our own. And if we don't support God's voice in our communities, no one else will. So don't forget your local church. Lastly, I want to remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you. And my Bible says he will keep you as the apple of his eye. There's nothing ahead of you that's bigger than the God that lives on the inside of you. In times like these, it's really vital that we keep our hearts full of God's Word. So if you want to hear faith-filled messages or get a copy of me reading through all the healing scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, go to GraceChurchVA.org for free downloads. I love you, and our only goal is to help keep you strong. God bless you.
1: We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit DerekGreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much- much more you were made to
0: think big, too big, big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world over. Give are my life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. you my life bigger than.
1: Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message.
0: People criticize me. See, I'm a guy who knows what he wants. So when I see what I want, I know what I want. I met my wife 19... something years ago. And uh, I met her in May. We were married by February. You hear what I'm saying? I know what I want. (laughs) Nineteen years later, we still together. But I I felt right about it. I've been praying for it. Lord, send me a woman that I can love on and, and all the rest and when God did it, I said, why am I torturing myself two years looking at her and not touching her? Hello. At some point, okay, I'm getting too real again, I guess, in this, you know, sanctified church. <laughs> I have two children. Where did the children come from? I said, I ain't going to do that to myself. I know what I want. Some see fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Jesus warning his disciples about being naive as it relates to life in the kingdom. Some people can, you know, at times even in my life, been so spiritual, I, I wasn't really using my head. There will always be forces in this world that are contrary to you, that are against you, that aren't pulling for you. In fact, There'll be birds hovering over your head that want to, oh, just waiting for you to drop down on the ground, just waiting for, for, for them to suck you dry and eat you alive if necessary. Buzzards don't always wait for you to die. You hear what I'm saying? They just wait for you to be weak. And they will eat you alive and then leave you for dead. Pick the bones. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? And he was saying, listen, this ministry thing, this gospel thing, you, you're not going to do it in some, some, you know, soft world. It's going to happen amid hard living. You're going to deal with some characters that are opposed to you. Then he said, other seed, meaning some seed did this, other seed did did that. And this is the reality. If you're a sower, you will not always hit the jackpot every time. Every time you share the gospel, a person's not going to accept. Sometimes they will walk away. In fact, we had a little bit of this in this service last Sunday. Some people were walking out in the midst of my preaching. But I'm not going to stop. matter of fact, that made me turn it up just a little bit more. Because you know what? My job is not to figure all that out. My job is to share this truth, and God's going to deal with you regarding how you dealt with this truth. You hear me? But my job, again, is is to share. So everybody's not going to get it. So get over it. Everybody's not going to embrace it. That's okay. So Anyway, verse 5, other seed fell on rocky ground. Now, Jesus here, and for some reason I seem to be taking a long time this morning. You still with me? Okay. This seed fell on the area that had limestone. Now, in this part of the world, limestone was, was just was all over the place. It was, it was, it was very plenteous. And, and he's not really talking about rocks that were just in the ground. He's talking about this, this, this limestone, because let me, let me show you why I know that. He says, other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much what? Soil. So if it was rocks on the ground, there still would have been a lot of soil. He's talking about, see, with this limestone, what would happen is just a few inches beneath the surface, there'd be this limestone. And it it, it could be huge. It could be 10, 20 feet wide, sometimes even even longer, and it's just kind of a shelf there under the ground. And um, you see, to the sower's eyes, he's not being irresponsible, or otherwise it would be the... The, the, the parable of the irresponsible sower. It's, it's about the soils here. The, the issue is, well, he, he saw dirt, so he threw it on the dirt. I see people in this room, so I throw the word at people. And it's up to the people's heart to decide what they're going to do with it. so But but here's the deal. Under the surface, there was this, this rock. And because uh, th- there was rock, the, the, the roots couldn't go down deep. So all of the strength of the plant... Was used to go up instead of first down. Did that make sense? Let, let me keep reading. And immediately the plant what? Sprang up. So this is the look at me soil. This is the soil that, that's concerned about, you know, I want visible results. I, you know, they, 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 I, they just want to be seen and they just want that. that's the whole deal. And here, this plant, it just, I mean, it doesn't take time to build the roots. It just wants to be seen. It wants to be visible. But, you know, uh, quickly come, quickly go. How's that saying Go, You know, uh, what, is what is that? Easy come, easy go. Watch what Jesus says. Since it had no what? Depth of soil. This plant did not have a root system. He's talking about the shallow saints. The folks that go, you know, this far but no further. The people that go this deep, but but not deep enough. So the first category dealt with the uh, superficial saint, that kind of laid on the surface. But here he's dealing with the shallow saint that only goes so deep. And when the sun rose, see, you don't know people until you uh, until they experience a little bit of heat. Makes sense. You see, shooting stars will. Will light up the sky at night and they'll look exciting and exhilarating, but they're often gone by morning. How many of you know I'm talking about your last boyfriend? <laughs> talking about your ex husband. In these parables, man, they talk about life and you have shooting stars. People that seem all excited about you. People that say they love you, they for you. Let a little heat get on them. You hear what I'm saying? Then you discover how rooted. They really were in that relationship. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, how many roots? It withered away. People that are focusing on fast and miss the depth, they're here one day, gone the next. And here's the reality. Past the thousands of people here. But I know that certain people are going to come for a few months. Might even be excited for a few months. But because of the, there's going to be areas of hardness. You see, with, with the guy maybe, with all that stuff on and all the rest, his hardness kind of shows. But other people, it's a little latent. It's underneath. And that hardness of heart, you can't at first absorb, uh, observe. But, some, but, but after a while, the, the, that hardness that's deep down, they seem nice. They, seem, they look like everybody else. But the problem is there was no depth, and they didn't let the word go in deep enough. And after a few months, they're going to go away. I don't care how well I minister. I don't care how many people love on them. I don't care how perfect we are. They will find something because the root didn't go deep. So if you expect us to retain 100% of the people that go through the door, it won't happen. Jesus didn't even do that. After the crucifixion, there were only 120 in the upper room. He preached to 5,000 men in one setting, 4,000 in another setting, not including women and children, and there were 120 in the upper room, so you'd look at him. What happened, man? That cross tried them, and when they came, when tribulation came and persecution, which we're about to look at, they say, "Well, you know, I'm gonna back up from this thing." It said, "It was scorched, and since it had no root, what did it do? It withered away." These are the people you have to watch on VH1 Unsung. They were there for a minute, you enjoyed them for an hour. Where would they go? What happened? Verse seven. Other seed fell amongst thorns. I've already kind of started talking about this. The seed on the path represented the superficial. Seed on the rocks represented the shallow. But here we're going to see a broad category in which most of us fit. I know I do sometimes. This is those, or uh, this represents those who become sidetracked. Let's read it. Other seed fell amongst thorns, and the thorns, what did they do? Grew up. This seed, though, got further than all the other seeds. I mean, it wasn't like the path, and it wasn't like the the rocky ground. It went further than all the others, but it just didn't go far enough. You see, this soil welcomed the seed. Its problem was it also welcomed everything else. And the thorns grew up alongside the plant. You see, at first it was just a little compromise. It was just a a little bit, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to believe this. But finally, you know, the, the, the stuff that you were yielding to grows up so big that Scripture says this. The thorns grew up and began to choke it. What happened? Because this soil received the seed, God began to give you just a little bit of success to test you. But then you let your success crowd out God. That promotion on your job is a test. You think it's the end all. No, it's a test to see if you'll still have time for God. That new car you brought is a test to see if you will still give in spite. You hear what I'm saying? Or if you're going to just, be, you know, have to be at Haynes Point. I know when I used to live in the city, you be at Haynes Point with the car showing off, watching the car. You know, are you going to be at Haynes Point every Sunday <laughs> with your car? You see, once life got a chokehold on this plant, It yielded no grain. This plant was in the field. It was part of the church. But the problem was it only took up space but bore no fruit. I'm not talking down to you. And sometimes, man, stuff tries to choke out the main thing. I got lots of responsibilities. Sometimes I I feel the pressure and the choking. and, And it's not that God's doing it. Sometimes I'm letting life. He said, Mary, one thing's needful. I don't need all that. Well, for just one thing, and sometimes I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to do that, and it's not, it Don't take all that. It's Son, if you just keep the main thing the main thing, you're going to be all right. The other seed fell on the good soil, and it produced grain. So, so far, it was pretty grim, the things I, I, I talked about, but this portion of the soil was soft. In the midst of all the, the other soil, it was deep. It was undistracted, and what did it do? It produced grain. So, you know, the things I said, it doesn't have to be you. And it's certainly not everybody. There's always a remnant. There will always be somebody that will hear. And will produce grain growing up. And this is what God wants for his people, for us to what? Grow up. Increasing. What does God want? He wants us to increase. He wants us to be kind of like snowballs on the side of a mountain rolling down, getting better and better and bigger and bigger as time goes by. And there was a portion of soil. Matter of fact, I would guess the larger portion of soil. That was this way. And I want to believe the larger portion of this house is this 30, 60, fold soil. Are you hearing what I'm, I'm saying? But let me say something, though, to you. You know, these stages, well, these types of soils can also represent stages in our journey. At first, we kind of come in hardened and all the rest, and we're not real open to, to a whole lot. But then, you know, we, we soften our hearts a little bit and we let the Word get in. But, but then there's rock hidden that we didn't really know, hardness of heart that was underneath the soil that, that then we got to break through and, and deal with. And then after we deal with that stage, then God makes a little bit s- successful. And then at that point, you know, um, uh, things begin to choke the Word. But, but then we finally get, out, get God to help God to pull up the weeds and, and all the rest. And then we can get to the place to become good soil. But I also find at the same time sometimes in my life, there are places where, where, you know, there's hard soil. There's places where there's shallow soil. I don't want to get too deep in that thing. I, you know, I'll take the rest, but don't, I don't want to mess with that. And then there are other places where, you know, again, I'm distracted by responsibility and all the rest. And, and then there are places where there's really good fruit, and all that can be happening simultaneously. You understand? So when I, I'm teasing saying I'm not talking down downy, talking bad at you. What I want you to do is, is, is take a look at your life and say, you know what, what type of soil do I have in this area? Or, or what season am I in in my life in general? Am I still hard to the truth of God's Word? Or, or have I become, you know, a little bit more sensitive but, again, have no death, et, et He said this good soil will yield 30, 60, and what? A hundredfold. Now, we're going to look at this at the end of our time this morning. But a tenfold return in this day, all they had was dung and all the rest. Uh, they didn't have artificial fertilizers and, and watering systems like we had today. If you got tenfold, you know, you, you, that that was, that was pretty much average. That, that was standard. But a 30-fold return was pretty much great. That, 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 was, that, was, that was very good. 60-fold was amazing. When you start talking about 100-fold, you were talking about the miraculous, the supernatural. You're talking about a miracle. So he was saying, listen, guys, you know, if, if you be good soil, you will get a produce. You, you, you will have results that nobody else around you can get. And then he said this, he who has ears to hear, let him what? How many of you think most of the people sitting there had ears on their head? Yeah. Jesus was not talking about ears on your head. He was talking about the receptivity of your heart. He he was talking about the inner ear. He he was saying, just because you hear me doesn't mean you're listening to me. And he recognized. He said, guys, you know, hear me with your heart. And then let's skip to 13. Then he said this. Don't you understand this parable? Do you see God again? He's checking for understanding, not just excitement level. Please be excited. I don't want to be bored. I like exciting people, and, and I want to be excited and passionate about God. But, you know, zeal without knowledge, the Bible calls folly. We want to be passionate rightly. We want to know the truth and, and, and be passionate about that truth and, and, and not be just passionate in our, our, our foolishness. It says here, do you not understand this parable? And then he, he saw the look on their faces, and he's reading the disciples and they're 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 saying pretty much yeah um, kind of. He said, "How then, guys? Will you understand all the parables? What Jesus is teaching is what we just read, and actually, we're going to have to reiterate it because Jesus is about to explain this entire uh, parable. Because this parable is the master parable of every parable in Scripture, and what he's saying is, if you can get this, you can get it all. So pay attention to me this morning," he said. The sower, he's explaining it now. The sower sows, you thought I was talking about seed, but, but, but no. The sower sows the word. So he kind of gives you the legend to this map. And he, and he says, listen, when I, every time I say seed, I'm talking about the word. Now go back to the parable with this understanding and now grab hold of what I am, am saying. Because you guys understand seed. Now I'm going to help you understand word. He said, the sower sows what? The word. Now did he say the sower went out to pray? Did he say the sower went out and wrote a 15-page dissertation on on the benefits of sowing and reaping? No. The sower went out and did what God instructed him to do. He did what God said. So the sower is not someone who just fantasizes and thinks about what they might do, want to do, should do, could do someday in life. The sower is a person that actually gets busy with the Word of God. It said the sower sows what? The Word. The Word. Did it say a word or the word? You see, a word is when you hear me preach to you, it's a word. But when God begins to speak to you and minister that word to you, it becomes the word to you. And, you know, my pastor, you know, he could preach to me, and, it's, and I could repeat it, and it's just a word. But when it becomes the word, you own it. I mean, it's not someone else talking to me. My prayer is that while I'm teaching that a word that I'm speaking becomes the word to you, and it speaks to you in an area of your life, and you go out in divine authority doing what God's assigned you to do. But there has to be a change for just being a word I heard today. And become your personal word, the word for your life in your moment to do what you got to do next. He said, and these are the ones along the path. Jesus is explaining. A path is a place that traffic has beat down the earth. You've been walked on by so many people so often that you're defensive and hardened in areas of your life. You've lost your tenderness. And, you know, it's just hard and harsh, and you've lost that childishness. And the Bible said, you know, unless you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom. In other words, saying unless you become tender. What happens is kids come into this world open and tender, but people lie to them a few times. Then they get, you know, uh, suspect and critical and, and, and jaded and all the rest. It takes learning for kids to become that way. But God's saying, listen, if there's anyone you can trust, it's me. And he's saying, listen, if you're going to come to me, I need you to soften that heart and, and regain that tenderness. And, and I know you went through some things. I know you, maybe you had a bad dad. Maybe your dad abandoned you. But God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And life can harden you. If you let it and and listen, I am ministry lots of years, and ministry can harden me. So don't think I'm talking down there. I want to keep reiterating that as I talk to you. Stuff get when you deal with disappointment, letdowns. People do wrong. There could be a hardness, and you don't let people in the same way. You 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 just defensive. You're distant, and that's a hardness. And I found that that uh, you know sometimes you know that, that 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 distance that that I have with people, I. I'd even have with God. And I found that the more open with God, the more open I am with people. And it's amazing how those things relate. And, and over the years, God's opened me up where there's just a comfort level. I'm an introvert and all those other things, but there's a comfort level around people that I couldn't have apart from Jesus. Does that make sense to you? These are those sewn along to pass when they hear Satan immediately. You want to get Satan's attention? Come to church like this. Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that's sown in them. You see, the hardened heart is the devil's playground. The hardened heart loses capacity to receive. Then he goes on, he says, the second category here is, these are those sown on rocky ground. Again, he's just explaining everything we heard. These are the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with what? Joy. Joy is good. Please don't mishear me. I I love joy. I like to be, I like to laugh. I like to be around people who laugh. But the problem was not that these people had joy. The problem was that joy had no root. You want joy with roots. In the Psalms, the Bible speaks of trees planted by rivers of righteousness or rivers of living water. And what's that about? Well, you see, most trees, they get their sustenance from the rain. But a tree that's been privileged to be planted by a river, what that tree does is deep, its tap root goes down deep, and its goal, it, I don't know how trees smell water, but the Bible says that, but it's, it, I don't know how it senses water, but the point is, that root will grow until it taps in to that underground stream so when all the other trees are wilting because it's not raining that tree is bearing fruit and smiling and happy why Because it tapped into something deeper than itself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not not based on circumstances. It's based on something they tapped into. And what God wants you to have is a joy because you tapped into something profound, something deep, something eternal, a a, a living river that that, that man can't give to you, can't take away. And you just tapped in. So, you know, let me tell you, when, when stuff goes wrong in your life, people look at you like, how are you happy? Because I tapped in, baby. I got a root in me. I got roots. And I'm tied into something you can't see. I'm tied into something you can't take away. Take my stuff. I'll get it back because I'm tapped in. I'm tapped in and I'm tapped in deep to source. Can't nobody ever take away. So in sickness, I am tapped into my source. In poverty, I'm tapped into my source. In disagreement, pain, confusion, I'm tapped in. My roots go deep. there's a river that makes glad, the Bible said, the city of God. And that deep stream that no one can see with their naked eye, you and I are tapped into. And that's why we're green when everybody else is brown. That's why we're rejoicing when other people are crying and, and nervous. Because we tapped in. I'm not that Southern. I just like saying root. I, I, you know, I, but I want to say it again. And they had no root. I'm from New York. What am I doing? But I like root. It just sounds, you know, something about root. They had no root in themselves but endure only for a while.
1: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click GraceChurchVA.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's GraceChurchVA.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
0: There's a lot going on surrounding the coronavirus, and and while we should be cautious and use wisdom, we must fight against living in fear. In times of crisis, you know, stress can wreak havoc in our minds and bodies if we let it. Don't get me wrong, fear is a natural emotion, but through God's Word, we have power to overcome it. 1 Peter 5 and 7 teaches us to give all our worries and cares to Him. Because he cares for us. Second Timothy one and seven reminds us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sometimes there's nothing you can do to control your situation, but in times like this we look to what God has put in us to overcome what's around us. And I want to encourage you to build your faith and find peace in God's Word. Go to GraceChurchva.org to listen to my latest series titled No Fear. Also, get a copy of me reading all of the healing scriptures in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation as a free download. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we will get through this together.